Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presents Fools for Christ with Kimmy Zeiler and Dan Boyd, a program that is seeking to lead young adults to Christ and to enkindle a deeper faith that is fully alive. Now, here are your hosts. Hi, I'm Dan Boyd. I'm Kimmy Zeiler. St. Ignatius of Loyola said, Out of gratitude and love for him, Jesus Christ, we should desire to be reckoned fools. We are seeking to discover Christ in everything from the banal to the sublime. Welcome to our show today. Yes, Kimmy, I can't help but notice that you seem a bit preoccupied, maybe even, I don't know, stressed. Yeah, oh man, Dan, I don't even know what to tell you. What's going on? My spaceship broke down. Really? That's I was, horrible. Yeah, I was on the way to bring my robot, robotic cat, Fluffy, to the vet, um, you know, the mechanical veterinarian yeah. down on 50, mm-hmm. and we, the spaceship broke down, and the garages aren't going to open until 2050, so I don't even know what I'm going to do. Can't you, like, just take Fluffy to a normal mechanic? Oh, I'm just going to pretend you didn't say that. That, last time I did that, let's just say it didn't end well. <sighs> I'm sorry. You got a lot going on right now. I do. You know what? My wife is a mental health counselor, and her job is helping people deal with stress. Would you want to ask her for some advice? That sounds perfect. Okay, let me call her and see if I can get her on the phone. Hello? Hey, Regina. Hi. Are you, are you free at the moment? I am. Is everything okay? Oh, I, for the most part, but we've got a little situation. Could you come to Kimmy's office as soon as possible? Sure, I'll be right there. Okay. I'm actually down the hall. Really? Yeah. Oh, Regina? Hey. Hi, guys. How are you doing? I'm, I'm good. How are you? What's, what's going on? Daniel just called me and said he wanted to talk. How'd you get here so fast? I was just, I was here. <laughs> Regina, Kimmy, Regina has a secret power. She's empathetic, and so she senses when people are stressed out, and she hones in on their location. That's like a superhero. It is, yeah. I sense some stress in this room. I <laughs> it's thick. It's like butter. I'm cutting through it. What's... <laughs> What's so, happening? no, I, so I have a spaceship, right, you know, and... Uh, Fluffy. You remember Fluffy, my robotic cat? Of course. She's not doing too well, and so I was trying to take her to the the vet, um, the robotic, the mechanical vet, and my spaceship broke down on the way. Hmm. And so I, I just, I don't know how I'm going to get around. I can't repair the spaceship until 2050 when garages start to open. And I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. It's just, there's too much going on right now. That on top of work and keeping track of everything. I just, it's too much. Yeah. I'm overwhelmed. Yeah, you sound overwhelmed. I, I just can't imagine what you must be going through right now with the bed and your spaceship and work. It sounds really like a lot. You sound... Like, you have good reason to be stressed. Thanks. So, what can Kimmy do? How does she start to identify what's stressing her and then work through those issues? Well, um, 
I would say, you know, you've got a lot happening right now. So it sounds like you're already doing that first step of recognizing and identifying what's bothering you. So I think in any stressful situation, that could be, that's the first thing you want to do is be able to recognize it. What is it that's bothering you in the moment? Like you said, all the issues with vet, um, with work, and without being able to recognize it, we can't do anything about it. So that's the first step. Mm. Once you're able to recognize it, then you can kind of start prioritizing and deciding what you want to focus your energy on. What What's the most urgent thing that you want to do first and take care of that and sort of set them on priority list because when we think about everything all at once, that's when we start yeah. getting too overwhelmed. That's, that's when everything starts to just not make sense anymore. It just all kind of floods in. <laughs> right, absolutely. So, Regina, in Kimmy's case, it's really easy to identify the stress. She has a sick robotic cat and a broken spaceship. If someone's having a harder time identifying the cause or the source of stress in their life, what might they be able to do so that they're not stuck and they they know they're stressed out, but they can't really figure out what it is that's bothering? Well, when you think about stress, they're in two different categories, right? We have external stressors and internal stressors. External basically means anything that happens on the outside that you don't really have a lot of control over. So for example, if your spaceship breaks down, if your boss asks you to come into work on the weekends, something that you don't really have a lot of control over that's going to cause you stress. Traffic, you know, a family member sick at home. And so that's one category. The other category is internal stressors. That's really more about your internal beliefs and how you deal or handle the stress. So your interpretation of the situation. Hmm. You might think, oh my gosh, my boss is so horrible. He's making me come in on the weekends. My life is awful. Or someone else, and that could cause a lot of stress, or someone else might look at that weekend situation and say, well, you know, I'd prefer not to work on the weekend, but I know we have this big project that's due, and so let's just get it done as quickly as possible. And so your stress levels, based on those internal stressors, how you choose to interpret the situation, are going to affect how you respond. And if you can at least recognize those two categories, then that's going to be a way for you to differentiate what's happening for you. Okay. So... How do I start to correct that internal way of expressing my stress, you know? Because I feel like so much of this is, you know, I I guess I can go on I-4 again and I can use my regular car instead of my spaceship. But I, I really, really liked using my spaceship. And so, like, I think a lot of this has to do with the internal stress that's going on. How do I start to look at that and like you said, prioritize and start taking care of that internal stress. Right. I think one of the first things you'd want to do is, again, talk about your beliefs about the situation. So, sure, a spaceship might be more convenient way to get around, but maybe changing the way we think about the situation. So sometimes I think it's too easy to say, oh, just have some positive thoughts, right? Because when we're in the middle of stress, that's not, you you can't just (laughs) automatically start thinking positively. But you can challenge your thoughts. And so you can sit there and say, oh, I really don't want to drive my car again. I don't want to deal with I-4 and the traffic. But you can challenge that by saying, well, what's the alternative? 
if I don't drive my car, how else am I going to get around? You know, how, how long is this situation going to take? You know, how long do I have to drive in the car? Is there another way? Could I have a ride from a friend and let them deal with the traffic stress and I sit in the back and get work done? So if you can at least start questioning your thoughts when they come up and challenging them, that's a way to start breaking it apart and helping you think in a more positive light. Yeah. It almost seems like the questions serve to distract you from the stress and give you a little window to thinking more critically at that time. Exactly, because I think the key thing with stress is we stop thinking with our logical brains, and so we get more emotional. And so when we're very hyped up and wrapped up in the situation and we can't think clearly or logically, so the challenging helps you get back to that rational part of your brain. We almost activate the reptilian mode, fight or flight, right? So anytime we're in stress, the adrenaline starts pumping, we're in that mode of just reacting and trying to self-preserve and protect, and our logical brain goes completely away. And so if you can actually catch yourself in that moment and challenge the thoughts, then you start having that rational side of our brain comes back mm -hmm. and you can start thinking more logically about, well, what's my alternative? Obviously, I need to use my car to get around Orlando in an efficient manner. So then things don't seem as stressful when you put it in that context. Gotcha. I just learned a new, a new term too, reptilian mode. <laughs> now I know what my coworkers mean when they've been calling me reptilian all this time. Well, yeah, no, but it's... <laughs> It's true. I mean, if you really want to break it down, if, if we think about how our brains are shaped in the back of our brains and our brainstem, that really is our animalistic or mammal type of brain, if you think evolutionary concepts or something like that. And so that's our caveman brain. And we now have this developed frontal lobe in our brain where we can make decisions, we have higher thoughts, we create, we invent, we all of those things that make us human and differentiate us from the animals. And so every now and then when we get in those tense moments, our defensive mechanisms kick in and those natural human responses kick in and we just have a tendency to shut off that part of the brain. And sometimes it's very useful. Mm -hmm. You need to be able to have those reactions in the moment when you're in a real dangerous situation, such as being in a dark alleyway and someone's about to mug you or you're about to drown on a boat, you need those instincts to kick in. So going back a little bit, you talked about uh, recognizing what's essential, recognizing what you really need to focus on. So if someone just had a lot of things going on, so for instance, Kimmy's dealing with, she's got uh, warp drive mechanical issues and like core burn in her cat and all that kind of stuff. How do you learn to prioritize what's going on in your life? Realize what's essential and what needs to stay and what you can, what and how you get rid of things that are bothering you. So I think one way to do that is to think about what's most important to you in that moment. So is it, is it the travel issue? Is it the, you know, pet issue? What, what is most urgent to you in that moment that needs to be fixed immediately? Yes, they're both very important issues that need to be fixed, but what would you say is most important to me right now? So we want to put that to the top of the list. Then anything that falls after that, what of these items on my to-do list can I give other people to do or ask people in my family or friends to help me with? So, you know, I'm going to take care of the cat because I really care about the cat the most and I don't want my pet to die. 
but maybe I could ask a family member to sit with my car while it's at the mechanic or I could ask somebody else to do pick up groceries for me and so there's lots of ways to kind of get things done without it all having to be on you and sometimes I think when we feel like it's up to us we get more overwhelmed and not utilizing our resources can be a huge detriment as far as increasing the stress levels. So you mentioned that at some points, like having that flight or, uh, fight or flight response can actually be good. Would you say that sometimes stress can actually be good then? Absolutely, yes. That It definitely can be good when you have to study for an exam or you're about to give a presentation at work. Stress is that little motivator, just that tiny bit of anxiety that's going to get you to the finish line, to make you prepare, to make you study, to make you do what you need to do to get done. And everyone experiences that. Um, it's perfectly normal and natural. And so absolutely it can be a good thing. It get, when it gets to the point where we're so overwhelmed that we're not functioning, we're not maintaining our normal levels of responsibility, we might be noticing physically some differences in us, maybe we have tight muscles, our jaws clenched all the time, we're not sleeping well, maybe not eating well, we're relying too much on junky foods or alcohol or those types of things to cope with the stress. Those could all be signs that we're to a point now where it's beyond that normal, healthy level of stress. That's a good marking point mm -hmm. of being able to indicate that for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's so many ways. I think that's one way when we were talking about recognizing earlier. I think there's so many ways to recognize. So you could just maybe take a second right now and ask yourself, am I stressed? What do I notice within my body? And sometimes we don't pay attention to that. We just go through our mm -hmm. everyday and our bodies could be in chronic levels of stress without realizing, especially in the United States, we just have this culture of going and getting things done. And so taking that second to sit down and say, oh yeah, my jaw is kind of hurting. Like, I guess I have been clenching my jaw lately, or mm -hmm. my heart rate is a little elevated right now. What's, what's going on? And just take that second to see if your body's giving you clues. Did I sleep well last night? Haven't been sleeping well for the past week or so. If the yeah. answer's no, then they're start looking around and seeing what's happening that could be causing that. I know one of the, dropping the whole spaceship and <laughs> fluffy aside, um, one of the things that I know indicates for me when I'm stressed is when I start to take on other people's responsibilities and when I start to answer things for other people that they should be qualified enough to answer themselves. Yes. You know, and when I, when I catch myself starting to get into that mentality and that mode, that's an indicator for me that I am stressed and that I'm taking on too much and I'm not dealing with my internal in the way that I should. Absolutely. And I think a huge part of stress comes with a little bit with control. We think that if we're not in control, we're going to be more stressed, mm. right? And so we want to go and be involved and make sure everything's the way we want it to be. And sometimes that's necessary depending on your position and what you have to do and what you're responsible for. But at the same time, and that's what causes us stress. It's this fine line of when we feel out of control, that's when we start to feel stressed. But if you're able to choose and decide, I'm going to delegate this to someone else, like you were saying, I'm going to let somebody handle this, then you're in control over what you decide 
to allow other people to help. And in a way, that's what relieves the stress of, one, it's one less thing you have to worry about and do, and two, you get to decide as opposed to it just happening without you being aware and having to suffer yeah. whatever consequences yeah, yeah, yeah. come from that. The hopelessness that comes with it. Right. So it sounds like it's at least somewhat beneficial, if not very beneficial, to take time periodically, maybe once a week, to recognize and ask yourself, am I stressed? What are some indicators that people could look for, uh, whether they're to you obvious or maybe uh, something that's less obvious? So if I was going to sit down and do kind of an internal review and ask myself, am I stressed? What would I look for? Like some of the things I mentioned before, how's your sleep? How's your appetite? Um, when's the last time you did something that you actually enjoy? Have you, mm. if, you, if it's been, you know, a couple months, that could be a sign that you've let yourself get to the point where you're so stressed that you're not taking time. Maybe even you, you are participating in things you enjoy, but you don't find them enjoyable anymore. So that can be a huge indicator as well. You're just not getting the joy in life. Isolation, I think, is a big one as well. Maybe you're not socializing as much as you normally would not spending as much time with family or friends, that can be an indicator. So to review a little bit, you brought us through kind of how to identify what's essential in life, uh, recognizing, almost giving a, a, a tool belt for picking the most important thing and then figuring out how to prioritize. Um, you gave us some, uh, some direction on how to reframe our thoughts so that when we have those internal stressors, we can look at things from a different perspective so that if, if it's a situation that we can't change, we can at least enter into it with a little bit more openness and hopefully a lot less stress. And then uh, talked about healthy stress. What about unhealthy stress? And this kind of, that's been one of the broader topics, but what's a litmus test that someone could use for recognizing when something is a situation that they no longer should be putting up with and mm. is perhaps a type of stress that they should get rid of in their life? Yeah, like when to let go of something and cut something out of your life. Right. Like if there's a, a person who's bringing an unnecessary stress, when do you when do you learn to work with that person? And when do you say, like if it's a relationship that's just not healthy, when do you say, you know, at this right now at this time in my life, this is not good? So I guess it would depend on the situation and the context. If you're in an unhealthy situation at work, you might not really have control over who you work with and who you don't unless you get a whole new job completely. But there are ways you could use assertiveness to your advantage in creating boundaries. So for example, if a coworker comes in and says, you know, we have to get this project done, there's no option, you know, we, 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 and all of a sudden you're kind of getting drawn into this wave of hysteria of, everything that needs to be done you're letting this person wrap you in putting up that boundary and saying remembering what you're responsible for as far as that project goes to because sometimes people like to reach out when they're feeling stressed too and bring you into their hysterical moment and so putting up that boundary and saying yes i know we need to get this done here's my part and this is what i'm going to work on and just clearly defining that and not allowing somebody to add another thing to your stack that's not within your mode of responsibilities. Um, if it were a situation where it was unhealthy, maybe a social relationship that you let go, I would say you would do the same things, putting up those boundaries, you know, no, I'm sorry, relative, you can't, you can't stay over this weekend Aunt Sally, we, we have plans, you know, and just instead of as opposed to feeling guilty and like you have to have Aunt Sally come over because she's family and 
it would be destructive, but just saying, well, we're happy to see you another time, maybe next month, but whatever it is to, the more you can put those boundaries up for yourself, the easier it is it's going to be. You're, again, you're in control, kind of this reverse way of control and not feeling like everything's happening to you. Yeah. So it really sounds like a way of putting yourself back in the driver's seat mm-hmm. or the pilot's seat, so to speak, um, so that your life isn't happening to you, but you're the one who's dictating, okay, this is what's going to go on in my life, which to some degree is acceptable, but other times we just need to be able to go with the flow and let uh, let ourselves experience life. Right. And some, and to recognize that that's okay. I think a lot of times we feel like we might be being uncharitable when we put a boundary with someone or like we're not wanting to be helpful. Mm -hmm. And in reality, if you're not taking care of yourself and managing your own stress, you don't have that emotional availability to care for others. And so you're actually doing them a favor by doing yourself a favor in those times that you need it. At what point does it become burnout? I mean, I've heard that said a lot. I'm burnt out and all that stuff. What what actually is burnout? And at what point does stress enter into that realm? So burnout is similar to what we've been discussing so far. Um, you just get to a point where you're so overwhelmed. Maybe you notice those physical signs. You're not enjoying things in life. You just don't really have the physical energy or stamina to maintain your normal responsibilities like you once did. Just sort of flat and existing and having that constant level of stress. Um, So one way to handle that would be, of course, like we've been discussing, recognizing those signs, making sure that you're reaching out to those in your community and not being isolated. And most importantly, doing the evaluation of what's happening in my life, what is it that's causing the stress, um, what self-care things can I be doing, such as exercise, making sure I'm eating regularly, eating healthy foods too, um, all of those little things that you can sort of force yourself to do to your advantage without making a huge effort um, to help combat some of those burnout signs. Awesome. And if there was one thing that you want someone to know about stress, what would it be? Well, we touched on it before, but I think the biggest thing that I would want somebody to know is that stress is completely normal, that everyone experiences stress. I feel like there's this belief out there that if you're stressed, something's wrong with you or you're not managing something. But like we've discussed, there's those normal things and that happen where stress can be helpful and useful to you and motivate you. And so I think that's the most important thing for everyone to know and not beat yourself up when you're feeling stressed. It's just a sign that you might need to make an adjustment if you're noticing chronically over time. But if you have those, those short moments of stress, that's great. Use it to your advantage and don't feel like you're a failure at life or like you're not managing your life well just because you feel stress. That's our not normal human reactions to tough situations. What are some of the things you do to relieve stress? <laughs> well, one of the biggest things I like to do uh, is garden. Yeah. I have a little vegetable garden. I actually just started the beginnings of that yesterday, actually. What did you plant? So planted some kale <laughs> and yes. um, some herbs like rosemary, things like that. And I'm hoping to 
expand that and add some strawberries and and so I'm super excited too so it's kind of satisfying to go out there and watch things grow and then take it inside wash it off and eat it it's like I did this (laughs) you know I didn't have to go to the store I didn't have to so um that's one thing that's relaxing for me how about you Dan yeah what about you I like to sit in a hammock and drink coffee or tea (laughs) <laughs> and there's, I don't know, there's just something about sitting out there, swinging. It re- it gives me permission, so to speak, to stop worrying and stop thinking about things that, even if they're they're important and they're good, cause me some level of, of stress. So it's one of those places for me that it's easy to forget about other stuff. I think that's it's almost what vacation does for people. It gives them an opportunity, an excuse to stop thinking about the things that so frequently take up the majority of their their conscious thought. Uh, so for me, that's one of the times and places where I easily get distracted. Um, I just got to be careful that I don't fall asleep with a cup of coffee sitting on my chest. <laughs> Could be bad news. Yeah. And how about you, Kimmy? Well, besides playing with Fluffy, uh, my robotic cat, um, I, as I've said in previous podcasts, being creative is something that really gets me out of myself. And so that's a huge stress reliever for me because then I'm not thinking about anything having to do with what uh, those external things that are causing me stress. And so um, I, I shared I was doing improv classes. That's one of the things that's a huge stress reliever for me because, yes, there's a different kind of stress that comes with getting in front of a huge crowd of people and performing, but uh, it allows me to just think off the cuff and be creative and tap into that creative mindset. That sounds fun. Yeah. And two more things, a couple more things I would add to the list as far as signs to look out for. Um, also, if you're noticing any shortness of breath, um, chest pains, um, loss of appetite, like I mentioned before, just want to make sure that you're at that point maybe going to seek some professional medical help. Panic yeah. attacks. Mm. those would be signs that your stress has gotten to a point where you might need to involve somebody else. Thank you for that good warning there. We want people to think that they could take care of all of the problems on their own. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for joining us, Regina. It was a pleasure for you to be on the show with us today. You're welcome. I'm glad, I'm glad I caught you. Yeah, <laughs> thanks for dropping in. Yeah, it was convenient that you happened to hone in on, on Kimmy's stress levels. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. And until next time, have a great week. If anyone knows the a good mechanic for a 2050 Spaceship 390, let me know. All righty. Bye, everybody. Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presented Fools for Christ with Kimmy Zeiler and Dan Boyd. Thank you for listening. Check out the podcast at faithfitradio.org and tune in next time. May you be blessed with peace and joy.